0: Welcome everybody, Uh, you are listening to Meet the Founders with Andrew Bott, and uh, I'm Andrew Bott, (laughs) so uh, thanks for tuning in. Our interview today is with uh, Iwana Cariella. She is the founder of Performance Ground, a uh, gym uh, in downtown London that caters to uh, folks who are athletes, and more than that, uh, folks who are professionals uh, who want to bring their fitness you know, to a new level. And uh, we have a great discussion today about how to build a community, the importance of customer feedback, how it actually changed the face of her business. Uh, in you know a positive way, and uh, how she breaks down goals into you know smaller pieces. How athletes break down goals, and how that can be applied to uh, to entrepreneurs. And she's speaking as a professional athlete, and now also as a entrepreneur herself uh, in a successful you know uh, high performance gym. So without further ado. Here's my interview with Iwana. We have the pleasure today of talking with uh, Iwana uh, Cariella. And uh, Iwana is the founder of Performance Ground, a, a gym here in London. I'll let her talk about uh, the gym uh, and exactly what it does. But thank you so much for you know uh, joining us today uh, all the way from Los Angeles.
1: Hi everyone! Uh, thanks, Andrew, for inviting me of, uh, on your podcast today. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, th-
0: generally, the, the, the best thing to start, because not everyone's going to know who you are, um, okay. is you know just a little bit about um, the the business, what the business All does, right. and a little bit about you.
1: So let me let me tell you um, a few things about me and my gym, Performance Ground. Um, so, I, I play volleyball, I'm a volleyball player, not a pro athlete though, and a bit more than 10 years ago, um, when I was 21 years old, I'm 31 now, um, I got a knee injury that for- forced me to stop playing the sport that I love, mm-hmm. and I was so upset, I didn't even want to hear anything uh, about the sport, let alone watch a volleyball game. Um so I wasn't really prepared uh, to deal with it and the thought of not being able to to play volleyball again had never crossed my mind. Um at the time I was doing zero training and I had never been in the gym before actually. And wow. I started it in yeah that, I started that's it quite in the first for a gym owner yeah. to make. <laughs> yeah for a gym owner it is a big statement. <laughs> um I started in junk food to just escape from uh, reality and uh, I gained 10 kilos and became completely unfit. And then one day I woke up and I realized that uh, I was not myself anymore and that enough is enough. I had to do something about it. Um, so what did I do? I joined a big box gym and um, I got myself a trainer there. I was really excited about it and I was training three times a week Mm -hmm. uh, following the the program that this trainer had designed for me. And, uh, you know, I was waiting for my knee to feel better, uh, lose this extra weight that I had gained and improve my fitness, but nothing was really happening. If anything, I was feeling exhausted and very frustrated because I couldn't see any results. So I was about to give up. Um, but then I did a bit of research and I found a personal trainer that had a strength and conditioning background because I had heard that uh, athletes athletes train with these kind of trainers. So right. even though I was not a pro athlete, um, I decided to train like one. So fast forward time... In less than eight months, I lost the extra weight and uh, my knee was feeling a lot better and I became fitter fitter and conditioned again to play volleyball. So I was on the volleyball court again in spring of 2012, I believe. And it turns out that all I needed was just the guidance and support of uh, an expert coach. Mm -hmm. I'm not a busy pro athlete, I'm a busy corporate. And I'm committed to reaching high performance, both in my sport and in life. So this is what got me to um, to start Performance Ground uh, to empower busy corporates to unlock their body's best performance.
0: Now, did, did the idea start uh, targeting busy corporate folks, or did did it shift to that as you grew the business?
1: Uh, it started like that. However, our messaging was a bit different.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, our messaging was. Uh, It was was referring to athletes of all levels, not busy corporates. Um, Because the kind of people um, we have been targeting are busy corporates that uh, also do a sport. Um, Because, you know, there has been a shift That's who you started with or that's who you're targeting Exactly, yes. Okay. uh, That's who who we started with. Um, Because there has been a shift in the industry, you know, people in the UK, in the fitness industry. I mean, people in the UK are more health-aware now and they are a lot more active, so... There are a lot of busy corporates that do a sport at the same time, um, even though they're not pro athletes and that's not their full-time occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over time, what we realized was that uh, busy corporates don't really relate to the word athlete. Uh, mm. We had clients, yeah, we had clients saying to us they're really happy with the gym and they want to bring their co-workers in. However, they were afraid of coming in because they thought we only train pro athletes and uh, it wouldn't be the right place for them. They were a bit intimidated by that.
0: That's an interesting uh, shift. So, uh, how how long did it take you to realize that kind of shift in messaging? I,
1: I would say about a year because uh, at the beginning we we just kept growing and growing, and then at some point things started to slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what this client sent got me thinking, and uh, that's where the, the change in our messaging, uh, happened. So we, the, the main focus of our messaging now is busy corporates and not athletes. And the interesting thing is that we still get our ideal, uh, the, th- the ideal, uh, client that okay. we're looking for. We still get busy corporates who do sports. Now that has not changed. It didn't affect us in a negative way. If anything, it has helped us to keep growing.
0: Because it kind of gave them permission to come in like before they were afraid. Exactly. Like, oh, I feel like I'm going to go in there and people are going to turn me away. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm, exactly, uh, I'm not yeah.
1: qualified. Interesting. Yes, yes, they were feeling they're not qualified enough to be there, which is clearly not the case. Uh, so we managed to remove uh, this obstacle.
0: I, I I like that a lot. I think well, yes. what's really important for for new businesses, you know like uh, the folks who listen and and myself is trying to understand where where I'm making those mistakes, mm-hmm. even though I can't see them yet. Uh, and I think taking customer feedback uh, is such an important part of that process. how did you how did you organize customer feedback? Is it just something you did from day one? Or is it something that some of your employees helped you to do? Has it always been part of your mechanism?
1: It has been part of our mechanism since day one. However, when we first opened, we were sending clients uh, surveys to complete Okay. That didn't work very well because you know, they, they are busy, They're, they can't be bothered filling out uh, surveys, plus surveys are a bit impersonal. Sure. Uh, so what we have been doing is um, having the coaches interacting with the clients while they train. Uh, you know, in in the form of an informal uh, conversation. Okay. And and then also at the end of uh, their training block, um, they they ask, ask them for a bit of feedback, not only for their training, uh, but uh, in general, if they ask them if they have any any in- proposals uh, on how to to improve what we do in the gym or even in our marketing. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, they are the clients; they know what they're after. So if they feel. That there's something that we need to improve, they're, they're going to tell us. But the, there's this—no, go, go ahead. ahead. There's this face-to-face interaction in this process that it allows them to open up to us.
0: That that makes sense. I was I, I was yeah. curious how because lots of companies are asking f- for feedback, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. and they don't do anything. So I'm I'm really curious how how you plug that in. So when 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 your people are talking to clients and gaining that feedback how are you organizing you getting that feedback and that going Mm -hmm. to the upper management of the of the of the gym
1: yep so after the coaches have collected this feedback uh we we run um weekly meetings weekly staff meetings and that's when the coaches uh get in touch with me um about the customer feedback feedback and let me know and then um I, implement, I take this into consideration and I adjust our marketing accordingly.
0: Got it. Have you, have you made any other major changes based on those kind of uh, feedbacks?
1: Um, major changes? Not really. This has been the only one, but uh, yeah. it has changed our business a lot, I would say. Because uh, we, we, we recently got a client who was interested in um, preparing and getting ready for her wedding day. Oh wow! Before yes, and we are a performance team. Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, a wedding is a kind of performance, isn't it? It, it, <laughs> a it is a kind
1: of performance, and that, that, this <laughs> is actually um, I was very happy that we got this kind of client and, uh, mm-hmm. because this means that the messaging is working, and now people don't feel intimidated anymore. They don't feel that we only train pro athletes.
0: I love that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I was struck reading some of you know your articles uh, how. You talked about you know the injury that that, that you got and how mm-hmm. if you had received the proper training with a professional, yes. it might not have happened, uh, or exactly. you might have been able to extend your your time as an athlete with the thing you know that you that you love. So I I, I think the message from that was that's why you started this, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people have you know things that they believe in and things they want to start. Uh, I'm curious how you got. Uh, I, I guess, first of all, the initial the initial funding is always difficult for everyone, you know, how that came yes. about, and uh, in those first few months especially, how you built it from zero to actually something that had people inside. What was your process for those two things?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I didn't have to seek for funding. Uh, I invested personal funds in this business. That's great. Um, so this, this made things a lot easier, obviously. However, I did face a roadblock at the beginning, and I almost did not start Performance Ground. Uh, finding a property was very, very difficult. Sure. I thought, I'm in London. Um, you know, it's a big city. Um, I'll find commercial space for the gym easily. I, li- little did I know at the time. It took me three and a half years. Wow! To find the right property, three and a half years. What, why is that? Um, because it was not possible to find a space. I was looking for an open open space in central London, and I couldn't find the right space. Uh, the ceilings were ceiling height was not high enough in order to be able to do overhead work, mm-hmm. and, um, so it was extremely difficult. And then this space is very competitive as well. Uh, you are competing with big box uh, gyms, you are competing with uh, big chains of uh, coffee shops and restaurants as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know the landlords are are going to go for the safe option. Uh, so you have a, an entrepreneur who is starting their business and is looking to open her first uh, gym branch, and then you have established businesses with many branches. So, which one would you choose? Sure. Obviously, the safe option. I found this property in, in, uh, in Holborn, uh, and I bid for it. And in, initially, lost the bid. I came second, even though I went into the meeting, and I nailed it. The landlord was happy. I could see based on, on, on their feedback. Uh, the, they saw that I knew what I was doing, uh, I went to the meeting prepared, With uh, showed them all the financials, and uh, the, the main takeaway from that meeting is that you need to show them that you know your numbers, you're not just starting your business because this is what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and you don't, you, they don't want to see a person that is starting a business because that's their hobby. Uh, so the, this meeting was key. Uh, however, I came second. I lost the bid. I uh, remember it was the beginning of uh, the summer of 2014, 20, 2015 or 16. And then after the summer, I get a call from the letting agent. And he he said, Ioana, are you still interested in that property? And I said, yes. Why are you asking me? And he said, mm-hmm. oh, the, the company that won the bid didn't do very well over the summer and their expansion strategy changed. So the The landlord is interested in you now.
0: Wow! So
1: yeah. So and at that point, I was about to to give up because I had already been really looking. For, it was the third year in which uh, I was looking for a property. I was about to give up, and then I got this call out of nowhere, and we went ahead. That's amazing. Signing the lease. Yeah.
0: I, I think that also shows the importance of you know maintaining relationships even if they become no's. Exactly. You know, uh, yeah. everyone can help you in the future and. Uh, you want to be that person they remember in a good way yes
1: yes Um, exactly even if you lose and Mm -hmm. And if you if you really believe in what you're trying to to build you should you should never give up unless of course you you need to move on with your life Uh, you i don't know you're struggling financially and you need uh to find a job if you have not reached that state you should not give up you should you should keep going with your idea
0: yeah it's interesting A, a, a few of the entrepreneurs that I've chatted with went through similar things, you know, where the initial very very first either mm-hmm. getting the initial funding or for you g- getting the location because you need the location to do it, where those exactly. things became multi-year hurdles and I have to admit looking at that I would say I I mean maybe maybe for yourself if you looked back after the, you know, after those 3 years knowing it would take 3 years, <laughs> would you <laughs> still have done it? Would you still have pushed forward um, or would you have gone back and been like now i probably would have given up if i knew it was going to take that long
1: no i think i would still have done it because at the time there was no performance gym open to the general public in london
0: right so it gives you that motivation to
1: it gives me that motivation yes pro- provide
0: it to yourself and to other people
1: Yes, especially to other people. Uh, The satisfaction that you get when you know you're helping people that need you is priceless. So I I would do it all over again.
0: I love that. Yeah. So I'm curious because I couldn't find some of these details on uh, your background uh, Mm -hmm. and and about pages. Uh, I saw that you went to Imperial College uh, here here in London. Um, Yes, I did my master's there. Yeah, and so what what, what was your master's in? What did you start wanting to do? Or have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur?
1: So my bachelor's degree is in business management. So yes, this is the the field I wanted to get into. Not not Mm -hmm. fitness specifically. At the time, I wasn't thinking about fitness. Uh, At the time, what I wanted to specialize in was logistics and transportation, uh, which brings us to Imperial College and my master's in transportation there. Uh, so after I graduated from Imperial, I started working in a startup company in London, uh, in the field of transportation. Uh, and that was the time when I decided to overcome an injury and get back into, onto the volleyball court. Uh, and when I saw that uh, I couldn't find a performance gym because the only performance gyms that existed at the time were university facilities, so Uh-oh. the general public cannot access them. Uh, and that's when uh, when uh, I got the idea of starting performance ground.
0: And uh, I saw uh, I saw as well uh, in general, you know, the prices of. Uh, the kind of location that you had and mm-hmm. uh, you know the startup costs I was doing some calculations myself mm-hmm. just cuz I was going to ask you know how how you got that initial funding you know with yep. rent at over 10,000 a month and staffing and yep. uh especially because you were focusing on uh, olympic level perform or competition level gym equipment yes uh, how, uh, how how much runway did you need if uh, if you're able to disclose some of those numbers how? Yeah. Uh, what was the What was that number that it ended up being before you started getting into you know the black?
1: Uh, so to get everything up and running uh, and open the gym, uh, we needed about 400k. Uh, that's in pounds.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I assume you needed some runway because you didn't immediately.
1: Get we into needed the some <laughs> runway, and we we, need, we needed to pay one year's worth of rent. Wow. Up front. And that's an obstacle that all new businesses uh, face, at least in London.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Because I, because, I actually yes, haven't because, heard of that before.
1: Because landlords um, are scared. You know, They need to ma- mitigate the risk of the companies going down early on and them not receiving um, their rent. Wow. So... Uh, uh, so, if if someone wants to start a business in Central London, they need to take that into consideration. It's going to be a big op- obstacle. So,
0: after you began this and 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 started getting rolling, what 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 were your the most effective early marketing efforts, the things that so you used?
1: When we first opened, we invited a number of influencers into the gym, and we trained them. And in return, they, they posted about us. So this, this brought in the, the first clients that we got. Okay. And what surprised me was that uh, they didn't ask for any compensation. I thought they, they, they would ask for some kind of compensation. So did
0: they pay or they, you gave it to them the, for free?
1: We, get, we gave it to them for free, but it was 30-minute performance assessments. Oh okay. and yes, we, we so thirty minutes is not a long time right. however they were they were so interested in the concept because it was something new for them, uh plus the space looks great, so they wanted to mm-hmm. to come visit us again to create content for their social media, and it worked out quite quite well for both sides
0: so you you found that as the the single most effective thing.
1: When, when we opened when yes you first, okay. uh, yes. And then because we got some exposure this way, we managed to bring uh, the editor of uh, Men's Health UK into the gym and, and do the performance assessment with them. Uh, so they wrote an article about us and this brought us even more exposure and credibility. Because when you're a new business, you have no credibility yet, so you need to find a way to, to establish it. And sure. this is what
0: worked for us. Yeah, I had read in one of the articles a number of years ago now, probably two or three year old article, that mm-hmm. uh, your on online and digital marketing ha- had a huge yes. impact. Things like uh, blogs, YouTube, Facebook Live, members only mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, so I, I, I was curious, so, which yes. of those These... things specifically, you know, had the biggest matter the most to you, I guess. Maybe you use that more after your first year, and initially, yes. okay.
1: That's correct. So this is what we are using uh, now. When we first open, I think the influencers and getting as much exposure as possible, managing to bring fitness uh, magazine editors into into mm-hmm. the gym, uh, is what needs to be done to establish your credibility and maximize your exposure at no cost basically it didn't cost us anything it costed us time only the time of our coaches right now we are focusing on uh, content marketing mostly Um, so we publish uh, weekly blogs and YouTube videos Uh, and we also use Facebook uh, advertising so these two strategies uh, is the ones that we use mostly at the moment
0: and all those are equally effective
1: they're equally effective. Yes, obviously, content marketing doesn't cost you anything because uh, we we have it is the coaches that produce the content, um, right. So you you, ha- you have to pay you the coaches anyway. So producing the content doesn't cost anything. The Facebook ads uh, we for the Facebook ads we invest about three to five hundred pounds per month maximum. So that that's our budget at the moment.
0: I would say that's fairly low. Yeah, you know, for It for, is, for very, low. Yeah, that, it is very low. Yeah,
1: that's pretty It is very low. Mhm. Um, but I think our content marketing has played a role in that um, because we yeah. we rarely run uh, cold ads on Facebook. People have already consumed our content; they're familiar with us, and then we target them with uh, with the Facebook ads.
0: I see. I I, I like how you're using also your, your staff. I think that's so interesting and something that not a lot, not every Mm -hmm. company does, you know, uh, many companies just kind of employ people to do one thing. And that's their job. And then they employ a content person to make Mm -hmm. content. Uh, Has that been early on your strategy? Or did you shift to that?
1: no i st- I started um, with uh, I have used before also for the social media not only for the for the blog articles mm-hmm. uh, we've used content creators in the past, but I found that this was not very effective because uh, you need the technical knowledge that the coaches possess because they are the one the ones coaching the clients, and no content creator can match this kind of knowledge mm-hmm. Um, so I would say using content creators in our field is ineffective and it is an extra cost that is not really needed when you have your own, your own staff members, um, that can write this content for the business.
0: I like that. so mm-hmm. do, do you structure that as, well, I assume it's structured as part of, you know, their position and the job requirements, how, yes. how much of their time do you give them every week in order to be making content?
1: So they publish one, one article a week. So they have to write one article and, and film a video on that article. And then I get this material and I, I repurpose it. So I create posts for the social media channels. Uh, and then we don't just publish it and forget about it. We use it again and again mm-hmm. later on. Because, uh, you know, you publish it one and not once and not all your followers are going to see it on that day. So, we might publish it on Instagram on one day, then on Facebook on another day, uh, then send it by email to our uh, email list, and then we have our private Facebook group as well. Right. Um, so, you get different touch points with your followers this way.
0: And uh, I, I was reading in a separate article about you you were talking about the compensation for your employees and how yes m- money is a part of it but it's not the most important part of it uh, so what, what did you mean the, the, by that and could you talk mm-hmm. a little about how you reward folks and
1: yes so the baseline is a basic salary obviously because uh, you need to have some degree of safety mm-hmm However, you need to compensate them also for factors that are going to drive the growth of the business as well. And what is driving the growth of our business? That's signing up new clients and maximizing the the sale and also keeping our existing clients because if we sign up new clients but we're losing our existing clients, something is wrong with the business. Um, So when the coaches uh, convert... Um, the, the consultations and they, they make the sale, they get the commission. So this encourages them um, to, to sign up the new clients. However, if they, they get a share of the revenues as well, of the general revenues of the company, and this encourages them to keep our existing clients and mm-hmm. deliver a great service that will make the existing clients happy. Uh, and then there is a, a third element, and that is a CPD, what we call a CPD bonus, and it goes towards their education. Oh, that's um, amazing. Cause, yes, because uh, this is not a cash bonus. The, based on them meeting their monthly KPIs, uh, they, they can unlock uh, this CPD bonus on a month-to-month basis, and then at the end of the calendar year. Uh, they can use this bonus and they can invest in uh, doing educational courses. So a lot of our coaches have done the British weightlifting certifications, for example, this way. Um, or they, I love they do the Yes. The, um, there's another certification for coaches called the UKCA certification. Um, so after they finish the university, this is their, their target usually in the UK. Um, so the, but it's, it's um, quite costly actually for most. So this allows them to do it.
0: I I think it's so great. I think one of the most powerful parts of the new startup world Mm -hmm. is you know being able to empower employees just beyond basic. You know, here's money. um, Live your life. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: Exactly. Just the salary is not enough. Uh, you, you need to, pro, to give them some kind of a, 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 a encouragement um, to, to grow the business as well this way. And you need to keep them happy as well. And we are not really interested in hiring coaches that uh, are interested in money only. We want coaches that uh, love to um, invest in their self-development over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because this is, this is how we're managing to deliver a great service to our clients as well.
0: Yeah, I think the, some of the, the ways that you've approached this and, and approached this business, that there are definitely some, some parallels towards uh, towards a- athletics in general. Uh, and yes. you're actually the, the second person in a row who is an entrepreneur, uh, who was a f- former former athlete. Mm-hmm. So I, I was wondering... It, just to get some of your insights on some of the things that are similar between you know being an athlete and being an entrepreneur and some of the things that are different
1: I would say setting goals and breaking down these goals because you know your your main goal are, is probably going to be something big you cannot get uh, you cannot reach it in in one goal you need to break it down into smaller goals uh, i w- I would say that that's my the main element that I find mm. is common between inter- entrepreneurs and athletes as well. Uh, and then I think it's a, a, being able to do both is a great combination because uh, it drives you forward. You never give up. And if you remember from our, um, earlier earlier on on this podcast, I told you that I was about to give up when I couldn't find the right, right property for us. Uh, I think being an athlete has uh, helped me with being more driven than the average person I would say
0: and are there things that that made that made being an athlete hinder you to jump into business?
1: Well, I was never only an athlete uh, I have always been doing both uh, I was studying business management and mm-hmm. I was an athlete and then I was uh, working in this in a startup after um, I graduated graduated from university, and I was an athlete at the same time. So I have always been doing both.
0: So Got I didn't it. really have
1: to make the choice of doing one or the other.
0: So you've always kind of known this is the direction you're going.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. That, yeah.
0: that makes it easier. Well, what? Yes. So I, I want to dive a little deeper into this uh, goal setting and breaking mm-hmm. down goals, because uh, there's a reason why not a lot of people are Successful athletes and there's a reason why not a lot of people are successful entrepreneurs because it's actually it's difficult to do that so it's difficult to have a goal that you can't even imagine yourself doing yet and uh, Figuring out how to break that down into pieces that you can actually accomplish and then actually staying for the time that it takes to get there So how do you what's your process of breaking down goals? How do you actually like describe that for us?
1: Yes, so um, the way I have set up the business, it allows me not to work in the business, but to work on the business. I think that's the, the best way to put it. Um, for example, you get a lot of coaches who open a gym and at the same time they coach clients mm-hmm. uh, and they don't hire other coaches in the business. Uh, this doesn't provide you with enough, with sufficient time. Uh, to be able to work on on all the other elements of the business. You need to do marketing. You need to do your finance and accounting. You need to do your HR work as well. You cannot do everything. There's not enough time in the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the same time, you need to live your personal life as well because you need to maintain a good health. Right. Uh, A lot of business owners forget about that element, to be honest. Uh, so I think setting up the business in a way that allows me to work on it and not in it uh, Mm -hmm. makes breaking down um, my bigger goals into smaller goals a lot easier and it keeps me focused and I always have a fresh mind and I'm very productive this way
0: basically giving yourself the time and the space to think about how to break those goals down
1: exactly it is very important to hire the right people for your team mm-hmm. um, in order to be able to achieve this
0: And after we give ourselves you know that time and that space to break them mm-hmm. down, w- whether it's an athletic goal or you know a business goal of growing to a certain level or g- getting funding, how do Thanks. you then break those things down into chewable pieces do you sit down and write it out on a piece of paper you know or you know how long, does it take to do this? Can can you help us with some of your strategies?
1: Yes, so we use uh, task management software. Uh, We use Asana, Um, so this allows us not only to to break down a bigger job into smaller tasks, but also to set deadlines and to Mm -hmm. always know what is going on and communicate with the team even though I'm not always in London because I travel quite often. Um, I think it's important to to use a task management software nowadays.
0: And did you use that as well for uh, your athletic goals?
1: For my athletic goals, uh, no, because uh, volleyball is a team sport, so mm-hmm. each team has its own goal. It could be to win a, a championship, for example. Um, so you need to work with the team there, um, and in in. In terms of my personal goals on the team what I was always seeking to do is to be as fit as possible so I would always show up to the to the trainings I was always uh, on time I was never late Mm -hmm. Um, so this is this is very small goals um, that you can easily achieve and it will help you not to give up in the process
0: sure so yeah so making them making the bite size that's your exactly yes I like that so, so, so how has this been for you? What has what, what your experience in this uh, entrepreneur been so far?
1: Um, it has been an exciting journey <laughs> uh, so far for sure. It's not always easy. Sometimes yeah. it could get lonely because uh, when I'm working on something, sometimes uh, you know, I want to, to be it just, it, just me in the room Uh, Mm and just stay by myself, work, work, work until I'm done with my task. Uh, And then uh, that's why I'm saying that you need to manage to work on your business to give you some time to Mm -hmm. have a personal life as well, go on holidays. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people um, just focus on work and they ignore their health. I wasn't always like that. When we first opened, I think we were six months into the business, I actually ended up in the hospital for for three days because I had uh, completely ignored my health. Uh, I was so focused on uh, getting everything up and running and that's what happened to me. So this changed my mindset.
0: That's incredible for uh, someone starting a fitness gym (laughs) (laughs) to Mm -hmm. ignore health while building the business. How interesting.
1: Lesson learned. <laughs> it completely shifted my mindset.
0: Wow. So, it, it, it took that? It took took going to the hospital to get you to stop and yes. realize? Yes. Uh,
1: so, hopefully, uh, this will teach a, a lesson to everybody, not just myself. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So, how much of your time do you give now? Do you actually, do you set goals now for your for, for your health and for a certain amount of time? You're giving each yes. week, or how do you how do you do that? How do you manage so, the balance? What
1: I do now is schedule my training scene first, and then I organize work around it, and then I've I make that sure before. that from time to time I go on holidays as well,
0: and yeah. I spend time
1: with my friends and family as well.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, I've heard that in a few other uh, entrepreneur chats where they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, they schedule time for thinking, like yes. you know, two hours for thinking. Schedule time mm-hmm. for meditation, scheduling time with friends and family, and then work, you schedule it around. <laughs> Those I, think, I,
1: think, I think that's the most effective way to do it because mm-hmm. if you schedule work first, you will never find the time to do anything else.
0: I have to admit that my, that might be what I'm doing right now, so I, I appreciate <laughs> your feedback. Uh, I, 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 so. I, I would love to dive in a little bit uh, you know, with the time that we have left. Because yes. uh, I found it so interesting some of the the ins- gym insights that you had and some of the, just mm-hmm. the, the training insights. You know, I think as someone yes. who's now surrounded by pro trainers, you know, I, I think we talked about it briefly on here. But you know, mm-hmm. every single person in your gym is at master's level. This is mm-hmm. their passion. This is their life. And uh, you know, in one of the articles, you talked about how how much more effective free weights are. For general yes. gym goers, and I think that's not something that's in the common, you know, lexicon. So I would love you to talk about that a little bit, if you could.
1: Yeah, So people used to go to big book big big box gyms, and these gyms usually they tend to have you know fixed fixed plane machines that have been made mostly for bodybuilding. Um, however, and, 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 and for folks for...
0: for folks who don't know what these terms are. A fixed yes. plane machine would be the one where you sit down and you're doing one exercise or walk exactly. on a treadmill. Yes,
1: and you, and you target a specific muscle, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, most of our clients, however, are not like that. They're not into, into bodybuilding. They want to, to train in a way that it will allow them uh, to feel better in their personal lives, to perform better overcome their injuries if they do the sport they want to perform better uh in their sports so when you do a sport you move into different directions for example uh, so this kind of machines. I'm, I'm trying to be to explain it in a basic manner mm-hmm. now um, so these kinds of um, machines are not are not appropriate for this kind of training and we wanted to encourage people to to use free weights in their training
0: and and you had said in in one of the interviews that i was uh, reading how even for for general you know gym mm-hmm. gym folks how much more effective uh fr- free weights can be uh, in helping general health for balanced more balanced muscle growth mm-hmm. uh, and f- and for me it immediately gave me you know a change so uh, you know i'll be i'll be going to the gym and making a change because i tend to be someone that's going on those individual machines not realizing those were the for, difference. yeah, those were actually just for bodybuilders, mm-hmm. like to target yep. very specific muscles. Uh, yeah. I, so, if you could talk about that, I think it would really help you know, folks who yeah, don't I think know
1: we, much. We, we, with using free weights with the right training program and the right coach, um, mm-hmm. it will help you move a lot better. Um, especially people that are desk bound all day, every day, uh, they face so many you know, chronic injuries because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, going on jumping onto those machines and um, doing a random workout uh, doesn't help that much to be honest. and it's the same when when they attend the fit- when people attend the fitness classes in the big box teams uh, where everyone is following the, the same program. Right. Um, for example, I have a chronic in- knee injury. Let's say that uh, someone else might have a shoulder injury. We cannot do the same exercises. Our needs are different. Our goals are different. So we need a bes- bespoke element in our training. And this is what we have been delivering to our clients as well. Even in our group uh, personal training setting, uh, everyone is training with their own bespoke bespoke program. And this is what sets us apart from everyone else as well
0: and and again that was from day one
1: that was from day one yes this was our model from day one
0: and and did you base that on what you wished you had or did you base that on what you knew that people needed in around London and did you perform any any research or background uh, mm-hmm. chats or did did you just kind of come up with this because I've heard both from different entrepreneurs? It, it,
1: is, it, is, it is both, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from personal experience that um, people need a bespoke training program. Um, with my knee injury, when it came to getting back into volleyball, there, there's no way that I could have made it by attending a generic fitness class, for example. Right. So I needed that bespoke element in the training is needed. Uh, and then... People, because they're so busy at work and they don't really interact with anyone, uh, plus they're on their phone all the time um, nowadays, uh, they love being part of a community. Um, so that is what made me decide to go ahead with a group uh, personal training service with, with this kind of model. That's our main service. Mm-hmm. So they, this way they get to meet other people that are uh, in the similar situation as them, they interact with them while working on their own bespoke training program. So they get both, and obviously it's more cost-effective for them as well.
0: Sure, than th- having one one master's person serving you for an hour, I, I would definitely. Uh, yes,
1: because they don't have they they don't have to pay for uh, personal training, which is way more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's, so it ends up being um, a lot more cost-effective for them. Uh, they enjoy it more because they interact with other people, and they train based on their own needs and goals.
0: Got it. Now, uh, have there been any mistakes that you've made that, that you're willing to talk about? <laughs> uh, mistakes in, um, in, in this journey.
1: I would say the it's. I don't see it as a mistake. To be honest, it's what it, it is. What we we discussed earlier about uh, changing the messaging. Right. Um, but I don't see it as a mistake. Obviously, it is a learn. It has been a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. I cannot uh, make everything perfect on uh, on day one. Uh, it's my very first business, so there is this learning curve. And the longer that you operate, uh, the more you interact with your clients, the more mm-hmm. uh, information you collect. So you use that to to make your business better.
0: Got it. And and do you think you know for the future of the fitness industry and mm-hmm. the, the the industry in the UK specifically, do do you think folks are moving more towards this model or are they still resisting it? So that I
1: think you are you talking about other business owners, correct?
0: Yeah. So your your, your model of you know more specialized attention from. People who've actually completed a you know two or three year degree as opposed to a six week training, which you know uh, basic trainers can can do, um, and the mm-hmm. model of having you know this more specialized attention and quality of kind of teaching and targeted mm-hmm. teaching. Do you think that the UK fitness market is moving more towards that, and big box gyms are going to start accepting that, or do you think it's more You're going against the grain, and and they're not. They're trying to resist it.
1: Um, There's definitely a shift from big box gyms to smaller, independent boutique Mm -hmm. gyms. A lot of them are the boot camp type of gyms. Uh, Some of them have a more personal approach. However, there's very few gyms that work only with coaches uh, that are at the university degree level. A lot of them um, still prefer to hire personal trainers simply because it is it is cheaper, to be honest. Um, sure. Personal trainers uh, qualify in just six weeks, so it is a lot easier to find this and hire this kind of a trainer and it's more cost-effective. This is not an approach that we have followed because it doesn't allow us to... Um, deliver the best possible service to our clients. Mm-hmm. and uh, I want we want to provide them the best, and we are giving we're hiring the best for that reason.
0: And do you think that's what gives you your kind of sustainable client base having mm-hmm. that quality of people?
1: Um, it It definitely allows us to to keep our existing clients because uh, if you can't keep them happy, uh, they're not going to stay with you. They have so many options out there. It's right. easy for them to to move somewhere else. We've never lost a client because they were not happy with the training they they were getting. If we lose a client, it's because they're moving somewhere far away. <laughs> and we, so it is not physically physically possible for them to train with us anymore. That's a good um, that's a good track record. Yes, yes. So we have w- worked hard to to achieve that, and I'm very proud of uh, yeah. of my team.
0: Well, I think the one of the one of the most important things for new businesses the reason i'm asking about you know a mm-hmm. sustainable client base yes. is building that is having people that are are passionate about their yeah. product and passionate about the services they're offering so i'm just trying to get mm-hmm. any insights that i can glean from you because of course you know other companies can do the same where whether it's a gym or something else mm-hmm. you know finding the best people you know the highest quality folks mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily translate into extremely passionate customers, uh, and no. I think it has for you, so I'm curious if you have any insights to give to other entrepreneurs about how you've grabbed that passion in your customers.
1: Uh, yes, you, ne- you need to create a, a community in your gym and uh, get people to interact with each other uh, and so that is one important factor to take mm-hmm. into consideration. And another thing that we do every month, um, we celebrate for the client of the month. So we select the client that, uh, have, uh, had, a, have achieved the, the biggest goal. Oh, wow. And yes. And, uh, we film a short video, um, with them talking about their, their journey in our gym. Since the day they joined and uh, what, their, what their state was before they joined us, why they joined us, what kind of work they have done oh, with us amazing. and where they are now. Yes. So not only th- this keeps them motivated and happy, but they set the example for everyone else in the gym uh, and also other people that are following what we do, but okay. they're not clients yet and they want to see how we work with our existing clients.
0: I like that. I, I saw also in one of your videos that you had uh, each of the different exercises. I think it was the different exercises and who had met, made the biggest. Was it ga- gains that week or was it just things they'd achieved that week? I saw a big you know, chalkboard where the top five folks in each of these different exercises was each week. Is that part of the yes. same so, community so... engagement?
1: uh yes, so that's our uh, personal best um um so we have a a board a blackboard mm-hmm. in on the gym floor uh where we we select different types of um of lifts it could be power lifts, it could be olympic lifts uh it could be some uh, speed tests that we do or vertical jump tests. And uh, we indicate uh, the um, the personal best of the top five uh, people, mm-hmm. and um, this um, makes the environment a bit competitive. You know, people are quite interested in that. Um, right. It's it's you know it's for fun and it it encourages people as well. Um, it keeps them engaged, and it creates this sense of community we were talking about earlier.
0: I I think it's it's wonderful, you know, and so many businesses can forget how something so simple as, you know, a leaderboard, <laughs> mm-hmm. how how yeah. much of an in- impact it can actually make. You know, I think the more and more we go and have more technology, you know, folks are 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 focusing on complicated algorithms of who to target to get these customers to. You know, get folks involved. You know, what can they do? What are the strategies? Where really yeah. it can be as simple as, you know, just writing someone's name on a board. <laughs> uh, I think that's such exactly. an important insight. Um,
1: it's it's like you know, it's like a, a game, and people enjoy right. taking part in uh, in those weekly challenges and uh, seeing their name being pressed on the board.
0: Yeah. So, so what's next for you and for uh, Performance Ground?
1: So, our main focus is to keep growing the offline training element of Performance Ground. Uh, we're not planning on, uh, on expanding, on opening a second branch. Um, um, so, I want to, to keep being focused on the, the branch that we currently have in mm-hmm. uh, Holborn, in central London. And uh, we want to keep growing our social media channels as well, especially our Instagram channel and our YouTube channel, because that's our our way of um, reaching out to all our followers and uh, showing them how we work with our clients and give them uh, some sort of encouragement. Even if they don't become clients, we have a lot of people reaching out to to us with questions. We we are happy to interact with them and help them out this way as well. That's why we got into this business in the first place to to to, to help people.
0: Right. So, are there any uh, if someone is interested in getting involved Ooh. in your um, online or 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 your gym in 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 Holborn, which is just mm-hmm. uh, which is inside London for folks who don't know where that is? Uh, yes. What's the, what's the first step? Because I, I have to admit, looking at that, I, I would be a little intimidated. Like, am, am I welcome? You know, I don't, I don't know how to lift yet. <laughs> can I come? Like, does this qualify for me? So, what, what what's the next step for someone who's interested in getting involved with uh, you?
1: So, the, the first step would be to to book a consultation. Um, it takes 30 minutes. So, one can go to our website, which is www.trainwithpg.com. There's a yellow button there that says "Book your consultation." Um, So once you click on that button, you fill out a short form. Um, Then we will contact you to to book your consultation. We'll find a a slot that is convenient. We have multiple slots during the day, and the consultation takes thirty minutes. And um, you're going to do it with one of our coaches. Um, so, during the consultation what we do is um, discuss uh, your current state basically and uh, your background. We check if you have any injuries, we discuss your goals mm-hmm. uh, and then we do a short presentation uh, where we show you how we work and what, what our clients have achieved so far uh, and then based on that discussion. We identify the um, the right uh, package for you, and that's where the journey starts.
0: Got it. Well, I, I will make sure to put uh, that link in the show notes mm-hmm. so folks can mm-hmm. can click it and find you easily. Are there any other places where folks should follow you uh, online? Places where you guys are active?
1: Um, yes, well, they can find us on Instagram at uh, Performance Ground or um, they can subscribe to our YouTube channel as as well, uh, which is also Performance crowned
0: To see some of those customer success stories. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. You know, it's so important to to hear from, from folks like you who've grown, you know, their company. You know, there are a lot of, entrepreneurs out there struggling, you know, going through that three-year period <laughs> or more where <laughs> they're just trying to build it. So I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us, you know, your journey and uh, how you are getting that success. So thank you.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, I had a great time. It was actually my very first podcast. Wow. I've been onto one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, welcome welcome to podcasts. It'll probably, <laughs> probably be your first of many. <laughs> if you want to find out more details about uh, me and uh, what what we do, You can head to HiredEvents.com where you can find some of the events that we have coming up. Or you can always reach out through the website if you want an event in your city. So uh, thank you again, and I hope to see you next week. Thanks so much.